We've got a change in the reading of Scripture this morning. The bulletin indicates Acts 10, verses 34 and following. That is uh, a section of, that is Peter's sermon in the house of Cornelius, uh, in which he says that God has um, appointed a man to be the judge of all people, Jesus, as the last judge and the coming last judgment. But as I was working through the sermon, I decided to go to Acts chapter 17, uh, verses 30 and 31, and this is the Apostle Paul's preaching uh, in Athens to the philosophers where in which he announces the same thing, the last judgment by Jesus Christ. So, I invite you now to open your Bible to the book of the Acts, chapter 17, and, and to read uh, verses 30 and 31, simply the, the climactic, conclusive point of Paul's sermon there in Athens. Let us pray. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, we thank you uh, that you are a God of mercy and love. We thank you that you have so loved us as to send your Son into the world to be the propitiation, the wrath-bearer, to satisfy your justice against our sins. And therefore, in Jesus' name and for his sake, we ask for the promise of the Holy Spirit again upon us to enlighten the eyes of our hearts, to give us spiritual understanding, to enable us to hear your word in our hearts and respond in faith to the glory of your name. Amen. Acts chapter 17, this is the Apostle Paul's uh, speech to the philosophers, to the men of Athens at the Areopagus, and he, he concludes this by saying, <clears throat> The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever, and to his name be all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. It might seem strange to you on December 12th, the third Sunday in Advent, to hear a sermon on the last judgment. But I assure you, that I have not gone off topic. There is an inseparable connection between Jesus' first coming in humility to seek and to save the lost and his final coming in power and glory to judge the living and the dead. And we see this connection 
even in the Old Testament prophecies, which we often read during the season of Advent. For example, Isaiah 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. That is a prophecy of Jesus' birth. But then, just a few verses later, in that very same prophecy, he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. That prophecy will have its ultimate perfected fulfillment on the last day at the last judgment. Or consider one of our favorite Christmas hymns. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Well, that's not only about Jesus' birth. It's also about His coming again as judge. It is. It is based on Psalm 96 and Psalm 98. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy before the Lord. For He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. So when we sing joy to the world, we sing joyfully, not only because Jesus has come, but also because He shall come again to make His blessings flow far as the curse is found. There is an inseparable connection between Christmas and the last judgment. So now, Three points concerning the last judgment. It might help to take notes. Three R's. The last judgment will be a day of reckoning, a settling of accounts. The last judgment will be a day of revealing, and I will explain what I mean by that. The last judgment will be a day of renovation, the regeneration of the world, the cosmos. Reckoning, revealing, renovation. Number one, a day of reckoning. God is infinitely holy, holy, holy. Psalm 89 says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. Sin, disobedience to His Word, is not only a rebellion against His rightful authority, but also a rejection of His love. Sin is treason against the Almighty King, but God is not mocked. Every human being is accountable to the holy and righteous and just Creator, of heaven and earth. He will not let His law be violated without executing justice. 
Now, this corresponds to one of the deepest instincts in the human heart. When someone does wrong, we want that person held accountable. We want justice. And when punishment is not rightly administered in this world by a human judge, we call it a travesty of justice at the human level. The human cry for justice reflects the fact that we are created in the image of God who is perfectly just. Now, of course, it is true that in this world, evildoers may prosper. People do wicked things and may never be held accountable in this world. And and justice denied is a very grievous burden to bear. For example, you think of the horrible evildoers on the macro level in world history. Nero, Stalin, Lenin, Hitler, Mao, Pol Pot. Consider what it would be like. What would it mean? What? What would it mean if they were not, if they would not ever be held personally accountable for the atrocities that they committed? What would it mean? It would mean that we live in a meaningless universe. A universe in which there really is no real good or evil, just raw power. And therefore, no true justice for anyone. And that is the atheist's world. But the last judgment will be a day of reckoning, a settling of accounts, according to God's perfect justice. Evil will not win in the end. Every evildoer will be held accountable. Every wrong will be righted. Justice will be satisfied. There will be closure satisfaction. But the last judgment concerns not only these horrible evildoers on a macro level in world history and not only heinous criminals who do monstrous things today and not only those who organize and support and promote social and political movements which oppose God's word and oppose God's kingdom and oppose Jesus Christ, such as, you know, movements such as the so-called abortion rights cause, or movements which would restrict or oppress political and religious liberties, or attempt to undermine and dismantle the nuclear family and other anti-Christ efforts at work in our culture, and there are many. But no, not only these, no, but also, also, the last judgment has to do with every single human being who will have lived on the earth. You and me. Romans 2.16 says, On that day, God will judge the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Jesus said on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. 
2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. The last judgment will be a day of reckoning, a settling of accounts concerning everyone who will have ever lived on earth according to God's perfect righteousness and justice. Therefore, therefore, as the Apostle Paul preached in Athens, Acts 17.31, God commands people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man he has appointed, Jesus Christ, whom he raised from the dead. Dearly beloved, not one of us can stand before the bar of God's justice on our own or in our own uh, self-estimated goodness and righteousness. The coming reality of the last judgment ought to impress upon each one of us our dire need for a Savior through whom we receive the free and full forgiveness for all our sins. A Savior who has suffered the just judgment of God against all our sins in our stead. A Savior, listen, a Savior upon whom the perfect justice of God against all our sins has been fully executed. That's it. A Savior upon whom the justice, the perfect justice of God against all our sins has been fully executed so that God's justice against our sins has been fully served and fully satisfied so that God's verdict might be declared. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Is your judge your Savior? That's the question. Jesus Christ is coming again as your judge. Is He coming as your Savior? If you are not a true believer in Jesus Christ today, flee the wrath to come. 
God commands people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. There will be no escape except in the shadow of the cross. Come to Jesus Christ today in faith and love. Surrender your life to him. Give your heart to him so that you may live and die and face the last judgment with the assurance that your judge has already submitted himself to the judgment of God in your place so that you might receive his mercy, the forgiveness of all your sins, and be clothed in his perfect righteousness and be presented faultless, faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The coming reality of the last judgment is a comfort and consolation for true believers in Jesus Christ. The judge is our Savior who has suffered our judgment for us. Hebrews 9.28 says, Christ, get the connection again. Here we go. Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. His judgment will be a judgment of salvation for his people. You know, the word judgment we often think of in terms of that negative nuance or negative connotation, but you can receive a good judgment. And his judgment upon his redeemed people will be a judgment of salvation. It will be a judgment of justification and peace with God for all those who have faith in Christ. But his justice will be served in righteous wrath and fury upon all those who are self-seeking, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness without repentance. And that is a quote from Romans 2, 8. And that gets us to point number two. The last judgment will be a day of revealing. It will be a day of God's cosmic, public, universal announcement of his verdict. His righteousness and justice will be openly, publicly, universally vindicated. Now, the Bible teaches us, yes, that the souls of believers are, at their death, made perfect in holiness and do immediately pass into glory. That's uh, what we mean, usually, when we talk about going to heaven when we die. And likewise, the Bible, Jesus himself in Luke chapter 16 and uh, numerous other passages, 
teaches us that the souls of the unrepentant, when they die, suffer torment in hell. So what's the point of the last judgment? Well, when Christ comes again, all the dead will be raised and will stand before the judgment throne. And God's perfect justice will then be cosmically, publicly rendered. His righteousness will be publicly, universally vindicated. That is to say, His secret judgments will be openly revealed. And His free mercy, His free mercy upon sinners redeemed by the blood of Christ will bring Him cosmic, public glory. And His just judgment, His perfectly just judgment upon those who went to their graves with hatred against God in rebellion against Him, rejecting His love, His, his perfectly just judgment will bring Him cosmic, public glory. He will be cosmically, publicly revealed and glorified as the God of rich mercy and perfect justice. Those who have received the free offer of His mercy in Christ will enter into the joy of their Master and in His everlasting kingdom of the new creation with redeemed bodies and souls. And those who have not loved God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and His glory with condemned bodies and souls. And that is a quote from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and a reference to Revelation chapter 20. It is the inerrant word of God. And therefore, on that day, everyone, everyone will know who was on the right side of history. And God will be glorified. Now, dearly beloved, if you are in Christ by faith, if you love Him for what He's done for you and you long for His glorious appearing, this is intended to comfort and encourage you. It is a mark of true faith that believers long for His glorious appearing because on that day, we will receive the perfection of our salvation, the complete and final victory over the grave. Oh, grave, where is your victory? Ha! The redemption of our bodies. And we will finally, eternally, be perfectly conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ as His brothers and sisters, the children of God. As the Apostle John tells us, when He, Christ, appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. 
So this too is part of the revealing concerning the day of Christ's coming and the last judgment. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us or in us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, referring to all those redeemed by Christ. All those who who follow Christ in this world and share in His sufferings, who are mocked and maligned and marginalized and martyred, persecuted, oppressed, slandered, socially rejected, made a laughing stock for the name of Christ, shall be revealed as the sons and daughters of God at the last judgment. Dearly beloved, the last judgment, at the last judgment, God will be cosmically, publicly, universally vindicated as God. And all who have true faith in Christ will be cosmically publicly, universally vindicated as God's beloved children. Therefore, dear believer, be steadfast. Your faith is not in vain. That gets us to point number three, and really, we are already there. The day of the last judgment will be a day of renovation, cosmic renovation, the regeneration of the world. The promise of God given long ago through the prophet Isaiah, behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth will then be completely and perfectly fulfilled. The whole creation will be renovated, regenerated, redeemed, made new, set free from its bondage to corruption. And so, we sing, based on Psalm 96 and 98, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods and rocks and hills Repeat the sounding joy, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with his equity. Yes, the redeemed in Christ will see and hear what the apostle John saw and heard in his vision. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Behold, I am making all things new. Imagine. 
yourself. With a soul that cannot sin. And a body that will never die. Living in a world completely free. Completely free from sin and evil and suffering and disease and death. A world completely filled with righteousness and and peace and joy and beauty and love and laughter and songs of praise in which you will live forever together with the God who made you and the Savior who died for you and with all his beloved people. redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, who have loved His appearing. There is an inseparable connection between Christmas and the last judgment. Jesus came And he will come again to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the glorious gospel of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ. Help us even now by your Spirit to live on earth as citizens of heaven and renew our faith and inspire our hope that we may truly and eagerly await the glorious appearing of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. In response to the gospel of Jesus Christ, I invite you to stand, to affirm our faith together, saying the ancient creed, the Nicene Creed, which is often called or has been referred to as the Christmas Creed because of that extended section concerning the Incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians, in whom do you believe? We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father, pure Lord of Lords, God, God, light, light, very God, very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with
and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He shall come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the Father. 